for his goodness. I'm going to read tonight from the book of Acts chapter 1. I'm going to be speaking on the subject, the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we spoke on the subject uh, of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And we want to continue on this path of understanding the operation of the Spirit of God, understanding uh, this beautiful gift that the Lord has given to us. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. The word of the Lord says this, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And so I'm going to be speaking tonight on the subject, the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Now, we, we've been speaking about the oneness of God, about Acts 2.38, about the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the indwelling. Now tonight we speak about the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. And I want to take a few moments and just, and just talk to you about it because this is the promise of the Father. This is what God promised that he would give to those who seek him. And it's not just for one group of people, it is for whosoever will. In other words, it's for anybody that wants the Holy Ghost, God wants to give you the Holy Ghost. When Peter explained to them that they must repent of their sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and that they would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, he explained to them that the promise is unto them and to their children and to all that are afar off. All that are afar off. That, that's us. All that are far off geographically, chronologically, throughout time, all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, this promise is unto you. You don't have to feel like you don't qualify. Hunger qualifies us for the promise of the Father. Amen. So we want to talk about the Holy Ghost. We want to know what this is. Of course, we talk about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. It is interchangeable in the Word of God. The Word of God refers to the, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. It's the same entity. One God. It's not a separate entity from God. This is God we're talking about. But this is God in the form that He takes when He lives inside of us. Hallelujah. God was manifest in the flesh and we knew him and know him as the man Christ Jesus. That's God in flesh. God in us, that's him as the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And he gives us the power. Everybody say that word again, power. He gives us the power to become like he was when he walked this earth. When he walked this earth, he came as, as a man that was that was obedient, a man that was meek and lowly, a man that was humble. He came as a man who, of course, the Bible says there was no form nor comeliness that we should desire him. There was no beauty in him that would appeal to our natural flesh. But what is beautiful about him is his spirit, his humility, his kindness, his, his graciousness, his compassion, his his willingness to lay down his life so that all men may live. 
That's what's beautiful about the Lord Jesus. And so God said, I'm going to let you, I'm going to, I'm going to come forth into this world. I'm going to let you see what your life is really supposed to be like. And then I'm going to, I'm going to take all of your sin and all of your shame. I'm going to nail it to the cross. Hallelujah. And I'm going to absolutely fulfill the law of Moses, usher in a new covenant. And this, in this new covenant, the new covenant has to do with you being baptized into that man Christ Jesus, that body of Christ, that name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the promise of the Father. And that Holy Ghost will live inside of you and will give you power. Hallelujah. Now we spoke last week and the week before we touched on it, but we spoke last week about how that when you receive the Holy Ghost, you will speak with new tongues. You will speak in other tongues. And, and you say, I could never see myself doing that. You don't have to even worry about it. The Holy Ghost will come upon you and you'll get so lost in praising God Worshiping the Lord, you'll start speaking in a language that no one has ever taught you before. And what you're doing is you are magnifying God with a yielded tongue that has given him complete control of you as a person, body, soul, and spirit. Hallelujah. And now when you experience that, that is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And some people are surprised that after they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that after that sometimes they have challenges yet. They have temptations still. They have problems that arise. They still struggle with certain things and they wonder why. We're going to talk about that, but this is the reality. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, yes, you're still living on earth. Yes, you still have a human body. But you have a power inside of you that gives you the strength to come through every crisis, to face every challenge. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You have the power of Almighty God living on the inside of you. And so that's, that's what we want to talk about tonight when we talk about the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Some people who don't believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's interesting that they are, they are the ones that have never received the power of the Holy Ghost. And now the Holy Ghost can move upon you. And you can, you can even feel the Holy Ghost having never received the Holy Ghost. You can feel it. You can be moved by it. But don't let that deprive you. Don't let that good feeling, that good experience deprive you of actually receiving the Holy Ghost or being filled, hallelujah, being filled with the Holy Ghost. I like to say it that way, receiving the Holy Ghost. But let's don't forget it means to be filled with the Spirit. And, and I mean filled with the Spirit. It's not just, a, it's not just a, a little droplet. He pours out the Holy Ghost upon you and it fills you up, hallelujah. And all of you is filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, the reason that you might face challenges, let me back up, the reason you will face challenges after you receive the Holy Ghost, the reason you will still face 
temptation and hardship, trials and tribulation, circumstances that don't make sense, you will still face those things after you receive the Holy Ghost. And you say, well, why? I thought I have the Spirit of God inside of me. The reason you will still face those is because you still have a natural body. And the natural body is a fallen body. Now, you are redeemed and regenerated in your invisible person. You have to understand, you are comprised of body, soul, and spirit. That means you are one-third visible and you are two-thirds invisible. The invisible part of you has a power through the gift of the Holy Ghost. The visible part of you is still on living in the end time, living in the last days. Your natural body is still subject to this earth where we are living. But I've got good news to bring. That when the Lord shall return and he shall return... He's going to quicken your mortal body, resurrect your mortal body. He's going to cause that Holy Ghost power that's on the inside of you not to just fill you up in your invisible man, but if that spirit, we're going to get to it in a moment, dwell in you that raised Christ from the dead, that spirit shall quicken your mortal body and your natural body is going to live again, gone from immortal to mortal to immortal, from corruptible to incorruptible. So the reason you have struggles still after the Holy Ghost has come upon you is because you have a natural body. You have flesh. And so as your flesh gets tired, your flesh gets irritable, Things get on your flesh's nerves. Things appeal to your flesh. You have flesh, and as long as you have flesh, you're going to have a challenge. You're going to have a struggle. But you have power through the Holy Ghost to overcome the things that used to have power over your flesh. Glory to God. And we're going to talk about that here uh, tonight. So let's begin by turning our attention to the gospel according to John and the 16th chapter. We're going to begin reading at the 7th verse. John chapter 16. Beginning at the 7th verse. The scripture says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you. It, it's good for you. That I go away. I know you don't want me to go away. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. I know you don't want me to go away. But it, it's good for you if I go away. It is expedient for for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the Prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. That's an important statement. I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. The reason they could not bear them now is that they were not filled with the Holy Spirit. There are many things that God would like to give to us, say to us, explain to us, reveal to us. But we cannot bear them without the leadership of the Holy Ghost. So Jesus is saying, look, I've got so much. There's so much. Much I want to give to you, say to you, share with you, but you couldn't bear it. 
because you are not filled with the Holy Ghost. The Comforter has not come. So it's good for me to go away so that this, this body will ascend into the heavens and I will come unto you as the Holy Ghost able to live inside of you. Hallelujah. Verse number 13. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come he is telling us that when the holy ghost the spirit of truth comes into us and lives on the inside of us the spirit of truth is revealing to you what you need to know in order to live for the lord he's going to give you power and he's going to guide you into all truth the apostle paul even referenced the fact that that really when you have the holy ghost living on the inside of you you don't need someone else to come and teach you something different the holy ghost is a teacher the holy ghost is an instructor the holy ghost leads and guides into all truth now it's clear that the bible teaches us that the lord has given his fivefold ministry prophets, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists for the work of the ministry, the edification of the body of Christ, and for the perfecting of the saints. But, but understand the role that apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists play. They don't have their own individual ministry. They are focused on helping you, the, the church, us, Helping us to understand how to allow the Holy Ghost to lead us into all truth. When you look at the epistles from the book of Romans to the book of Jude, every one of those epistles are there as writings. Paul, Peter, James, John, Jude, they wrote the epistles to the church. And their writings had to do with helping the church understand how to let the Holy Ghost have his way. That's what the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelists are there to do. They are there for the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ, and the perfecting of the saints. They're not Moses standing between you and God. They're simply there helping you along, understanding what the Holy Ghost can do for you, how the Holy Ghost can bless you, how the Holy Ghost can regenerate you, how the blood of Jesus can wash away your sins, helping you to understand the whole counsel of God. Amen. So, so the Holy Ghost guides us into all truth. This is why I often encourage people to pray before you study the word of the Lord. Study the word of the Lord. But pray before you study the word of the Lord. Because when you just study the word of the Lord, you can read any book. But when you pray before you study the word of the Lord, you have stirred up the gift of the Holy Ghost inside of you. And that Holy Ghost will begin to guide you into the truth of the word of God. And that word of God will begin to quicken in your mind and in your understanding. So the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you guides you into all truth, leads you into an understanding of the fullness of God. This is why when the word goes forth and you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you, 
when the word goes forth, it bears, the Holy Spirit inside of you bears witness of the word. The Holy Spirit inside of you says, amen. That's the word. That's the truth. I receive that in Jesus' name. And the Holy Spirit can tell you when something is not the truth. Hallelujah. That doesn't sit right with my Holy Ghost. You hear somebody saying something, and you'll feel a certain way about it that didn't, that didn't, quite, that didn't quite sit well with you. And you can't all the time put your finger on it. What is that? That's the Holy Ghost guiding you into all truth. And sometimes to guide you into all truth, the Holy Ghost has to guide you away from error. Hallelujah. How many have ever walked into a place and you say, something doesn't feel right here? That's your Holy Ghost talking. That's that spirit of the living God living on the inside of you saying, turn that off. Leave this place. Don't be around them. This isn't good for you. This isn't what you need in your life. Stop doing that. That's the Holy Ghost leading and guiding you into all truth. Hallelujah. And so this is part of the power that comes upon you when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Don't ignore when the Holy Ghost speaks to you. Don't ignore when the spirit of truth begins to uh, make known to you what is the way of life. Uh, it's important that you give ear to the Holy Ghost because the Bible warns us not to quench the Spirit. It is possible for a Holy Ghost-filled person to quench the Holy Ghost inside of them, to quench that burning fire. This is why, again, Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that is in you. The same way you would stoke the embers of a burning flame. Don't let the fire go out. Don't let the fire go out. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Amen. Abstain from all appearance of evil. I have sadly seen people who have, who have received a powerful infilling of the Holy Ghost. But because they allowed the spirit of the Lord to be quenched inside of them, they walked away from the Lord. And, and they are far from God. We call it backsliding. They are backslidden from the thing that God had once given them. Don't let it be said of you that you walked away from the spirit of truth, that you walked away from the power of the Holy Ghost. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost, and he wants to give you Power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So one of the things that the Holy Ghost will do is guide you, lead you, help you. That's what I'm here to do is to help you understand how to let the Holy Ghost work in your life. That's what I'm doing when I say everybody let's praise the Lord. When I say that, I'm, I'm trying to help you understand praise is how you enter into a communion with the Holy Ghost inside of you. It'll pull you away from the doldrums of this world and get you centered again and aligned again with God. Because you can go in and out of this world, can I get a witness, and start feeling discouraged, disheartened. You can go to work and hear the vain conversation of the wicked. And it can start wearing on you. What do you need? You need to stir up the Holy Ghost. 
So when I come along and I say things like, pray before you read the word of the Lord, I'm trying to help you to understand that Holy Ghost you have inside of you, when you allow the Holy Ghost to move and operate in your life, your life will be absolutely changed. So one of the ways, one of the things that the Holy Ghost does for us is it leads us and it guides us into all truth. Now, I'll turn your attention also to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5, and we're going to read verse number 5. The Bible says this, hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So the second thing I want to point out about the Holy Ghost is that the Holy Ghost sheds abroad the love of God in your heart. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The love of God is a multifaceted power that, that lives in our life through the Holy Ghost. You know, this is one of the reasons why we have great mercy on people who do not have the Holy Ghost. This is one of the reasons why we have to be careful when somebody does not have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of them. We always have to remember, but they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. They need salvation. They need Jesus. They need God in their life. It's easy to start to start criticizing and gunslinging verbally over somebody who is acting out the fact that they don't have the Holy Ghost. And we almost seem surprised that sinners are being sinners. Such were some of you. But now you are washed and justified and sanctified. Thank you, Jesus. We have to remember our mission in this world and in this life is to preach the gospel to every creature. And, and so we remember that, again, by stirring up the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, it's the Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. So the love of God, and I'm going to tell you something, there is no love like the love of God. There's no love like the love of God. The love of God will give you power to love your enemies. The love of God will give you power to forgive those who have hurt you. The love of God will give you power to forgive yourself for things that you are so uh, embarrassed by or, or, or regretful of. The love of God is the greatest power on this earth. And where does it come from? It comes from the Holy Ghost shedding abroad the love of God in our hearts. It's like when, when you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you and, you and you stir up the Holy Ghost within you, it's like turning on a sprinkler in your soul. And it's just going back and forth, spraying the love of God all over you. And you just, everything's growing. The fruit of the Spirit is growing. The grass is growing because the love of God is being shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and this is what the Holy Ghost will do. How do you stir it up? You pray. How do you stir it up? You worship. How do you stir it up? You read your Bible. How do you stir it up? You go to church. How do you stir it up? You stay in connection with the fellowship of the saints. How do you stir up the Holy Ghost? You fill your heart and your mind with the songs of the redeemed. Hallelujah. With the word of God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Put in your car, put in your car songs that magnify God. Put it in your home. Let the songs of the redeemed resound in your home, in your heart, in your car, everywhere you are. Let the word of God be declared unto you. We've got more access to the word of God being preached and declared than we have ever had at any other time in human history. You, you don't even have to wait for the next conference. You can, you can download stuff. And there's been more over the last year because everybody is doing so many things that are virtual and online. Get a hold of some good apostolic gospel preaching, teaching, singing, and let it fill your heart with a fresh move of the Holy Ghost. It'll lift you up out of despair. It will lift you up out of discouragement. It'll lift you up out of a depression. And it's not an emotional high. It is a spiritual moving of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It'll strengthen your faith. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, go into that a little further. Turning to the book of Galatians chapter, uh, we're going to look at number, Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 Verse number seven, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's a very simple, it's a very simple principle. If you sow it, you're going to reap it. You can't sow wild oats and expect a harvest of corn. If you sow it, you're going to reap it. And God's not mocked, it's going to happen. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. If you are sowing to your flesh, if you are emoting and investing in certain emotional output, that is flesh-based, worldly, carnal, then don't be surprised when you feel like junk later in the day. Don't be surprised when you can barely lift your head by the time you got home because you've been listening to ungodly, worldly uh, entertainment or what have you. Even, even some of the things that... that you might seem, see as harmless, but they're not divinely inspired by the living God. And so you reap of the flesh corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. When you sow to the Spirit of God, you will reap of that same Spirit you have sown into life everlasting. This is why when you come to the house of God and you worship God and you hear the word of God and you walk out of here, you feel a little uplifted in your spirit. You're tapping into everlasting life. You're tapping into things that live forever. Joy and peace and love and faith and gentleness and goodness. You're tapping into the things that live forever. And when you go to work tomorrow and you get caught up in the monotony and the minutia and sometimes just the just the debris that this world can offer and you don't have really a choice it's 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 life it's you got to you got to do what you got to do but but you also have a responsibility to make sure you are covered by the power of the holy ghost 
that your mind is protected by the helmet of salvation. That you don't allow yourself to, 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 to fall victim to the snares the devil will set along the path as you live your life. Understand you can sow to the Spirit and you will reap of the Spirit life everlasting. I'm talking about how to live for God. Hallelujah. You can live for God as you live in this life through the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will give you life everlasting. And when you sow to the things of the Spirit, you're going to reap the things of the Spirit. When you sow in prayer, you're going to reap what prayer brings. You know, don't, don't underestimate the power of prayer. Hallelujah. I want to say that again. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. The Spirit of God operates through prayer. When you speak the thing, it begins to happen. When you verbalize the thing, I, it shocks me how many times saints of God will worry for days, weeks, months, and years and not pray about the thing they're worried about. And when they pray, they don't pray according to the will of God, but they, but they almost vent. Listen. Listen, you've got to pray and say, Lord, in your name, the name of Jesus Christ, this is what I need. This is what I need to happen. This is what I want to happen. Listen, he'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll correct you. He'll comfort you. He will lead you down a path that will bring you to absolute victory. Don't be afraid to open up your mouth and pray the prayers that need to be prayed. There will be victory had when you pray the prayers that need to be prayed. Hallelujah. That's called sowing to the Spirit. You will reap of the Spirit life everlasting. Hallelujah. I feel like I, gotta, I need to say that again. Concentrate your mind and your mouth on prayer. And let the Lord begin to work in your life. Notice what Galatians chapter 6 goes on to say. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So sow to the Spirit, and you will reap of the Spirit life everlasting, and be not weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I love the certainty of that language. Notice he didn't say, and in due season you might be surprised. You very well could reap. No, no, he said we shall reap if we faint not. It is the Spirit, oh hallelujah, that makes us not faint. Glory to God. I love seeing little references to the Spirit in the Old Testament. So since we're talking about fainting not, I'm going to give you a, an Old Testament reference to the way and the operation of the Spirit. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint that is a reference to the operation of the spirit in our lives he is talking to israel who was waiting upon the promise of the father and he said they that wait upon the lord 
Hallelujah. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. You got to wait on the Lord. In Acts chapter 2, what did we find them doing? They were waiting on the Lord. They were tarrying in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Until they were endued with power from on high. They that wait upon the Lord shall. Again, the certainty of that language. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What is it that gives us the power to faint not? The Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to go back a chapter from Galatians 6. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit... Are you ready for this? And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. My Lord have mercy. Were you ready for that? Walk in the spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If I'm fulfilling the lust of the flesh, I'm not walking in the spirit. Hallelujah. You can say, well, I walk in the spirit and still fulfill the lust of my flesh. You're not walking in the spirit then. Who am I going to believe, you or the Word of God? Let God be true and every man a liar. If you're fulfilling the lust of the flesh, you're not walking in the Spirit. You've got to get, oh, hallelujah. You've got to get your mind in this book. You've got to get into prayer room. You've got to fast. You've got to get a hold of God. Hallelujah. And say, Lord, help me to walk in the Holy Ghost. Your family needs you to walk in the Spirit. Your community needs you to walk in the Spirit. This church needs you to walk in the Spirit. Hallelujah. If you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, now that sounds like a tall order, Pastor. I don't think I could ever say that I, I uh, would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I'm not saying that you're going to be perfect. Because you still have a natural body. But I can tell you that if you have imperfection and, and fulfill lust of the flesh, that's evidence you need to be in the Spirit. You need to get back into the matter of prayer, back into the matter of walking with God. But I am, I'm here to tell you, listen, the power to do such a thing is not in your flesh. It's in the Spirit. It's not, it's not your power that is helping you not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It is the power of the Holy Ghost. That is helping you not to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I've come to tell you, this is how the Holy Ghost will work. You actually will find yourself in position where your flesh wants to do a thing. And the Holy Ghost will rise up and stop you. And you, and you maybe, maybe you haven't experienced that. But I know many of you have. Where you are actually... At the mercy of the Holy Ghost. And you have in your own flesh have lost your fleshly willpower. And the spirit of the Lord raises up a standard. And prevents you from fulfilling the lust of the flesh. It's called the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh. That's talking about desire. That's talking about something your flesh does want to do. 
It's not something your flesh doesn't want to do that's sinful. It's something that's sinful and your flesh does want to do it. And the apostle said you're going to walk in the Holy Ghost. And if you walk in the Holy Ghost, you're going to step into a dimension of God's power where even when your flesh wants to do a thing, the Holy Ghost is going to prevent you. My God have mercy. I'm telling you, you don't have a friend like Jesus. Jesus is the greatest friend you have. My God, have mercy. He will step into your circumstances and say, even if you have a lust, I will step in there and cleanse you of that lust and deliver you from that lust and deliver you from that desire. And the Bible said, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Do you know the kind of miracle I'm talking about? I'm talking about God will step into your life and he will take away ungodly desires and replace them with godly desires. Hallelujah. Come on, I need somebody to believe what I'm preaching right now. Because I'm preaching to you the truth. God will step into your life and he will take that unclean lust and that unclean desire. And you're sitting there wondering, I don't think I could ever live that life because I know me and I know the problems and the hang-ups I have. God knows you better than you know yourself. And he said, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh when you walk in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're not fooling God. You're not fooling God. You, do, you know, when you confess your sins to the Lord, that's, that's for you. That's not for God to have the information. That's to get it off of your conscience. To take it off of your conscience and lay it upon the altar and confess it to the Lord and say, Lord, here is my sin. I acknowledge it as a sin. He can't do anything for you if you don't acknowledge it as a sin. If you're busy trying to justify it, trying to explain why it's okay, explain why God, it's not really a sinful thing. If you're in that business, then God really can't do anything with you. But if you'll confess it up out of your mouth onto the altar of God and say, this is sinful and I don't know how to deal with it because my flesh is desiring it. I'm telling you that the Holy Ghost will come into your life, remove that desire from you and give you a hope. Holy, godly, wholesome desire. Oh, pastor, I could never see myself living like that. Then don't worry about it. The Holy Ghost will do it. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost will do it. He will give you the desires of your heart. I have met so many people who want to say, I could never desire. I, Paul said it in the book of Romans, chapter 7. He said, I want to do, do good, but evil is present with me. Every time I want to do what's right, it's like I do, I do something wrong. I don't know what that is. It's like I, I've got all these great intentions. I, I'm, I'm, I'm New Year's resolutions. I'm going to do this, 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 this. And I'm not going to do this, 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 this. And it's like a total reverse. I end up doing this, 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 and none of this, this, this. That's your flesh. That is your flesh. 
you sow to the flesh, you will reap of the flesh corruption. But when you sow to the Spirit, you invite the miracle working power of the Holy Ghost into your life. It's a miracle. You see, you see people living holy? That's a miracle. You see people living godly? That's a miracle. It's not because we're better than anybody else. It is not by our own ability or willpower or exceptional discipline. It is merely by the grace of God, the power of the Holy Ghost, that he has given us the ability to tread upon serpents and trample the lion and the adder. We used to be in the lowest pit of degradation and depravity. We used to be full of filthiness of our flesh. But God, who is rich in mercy, and he loved us with an everlasting love, he reached down into that pit of despair, and he gave us the victory. I didn't get the victory. He gave me the victory. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory. Glory. I don't want to live without the Holy Ghost. I don't want to be on this earth without being filled with the Spirit of the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. You read in history the barbarism. The barbarism of throughout history. Some of the, some of the terrifying horrific deeds and misdeeds of humanity toward one another. And we come to this day of 2020, and, and, and we are remarkable. We've got our issues. Lord have mercy, we've got our issues. But we're remarkably more civilized than society ever was. Why? That is the influence of the Holy Ghost. That is the influence of 2,000 years of the Holy Ghost having been poured out. That is the influence of Christianity upon the world. We, we have an issue here and there. And, and, and we got tons and tons and tons of issues. But we have no idea. We have no idea how barbaric the world was before Jesus entered the picture. The way people lived and the way that people died and the way... The way things were done. And here we look at this world today. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost has moved throughout this world in a remarkable fashion. And we've got to preach this gospel throughout this world. We've got to preach it on live stream. We've got to preach it on Facebook and YouTube. We've got to put it on CD. We've got to get it around the world. We've got to put it on more places of the internet. We've got to put it on podcasts. We've got to preach it in the marketplace, in the streets, the highways, the byways, the workplace, at family gatherings. You've got to tell your cousins. You've got to tell your in-laws. You've got to tell your friends. You've got to tell your co-workers. We've got to tell them about the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is what they're looking for. The Holy Ghost is what they need. The Holy Holy Ghost is what they desire. Hallelujah. Don't be embarrassed that you're a holy roller. I saw somebody holy rolling just this week. We were at a conference in Florida. And I saw him holy rolling. And I said, Lord, thank God we're holy rollers. Thank God we're tongue talkers. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. This is the power of God unto salvation. He filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they can criticize it if they want to. But we're not ashamed of it. We're thankful to God. We have a power on the inside of us. That'll give us strength against sin. That'll give us strength against temptation. That'll give us strength against depression. That'll give us strength against sickness and sadness and sorrow. That'll give us strength in the midst of the storm. Hallelujah. Thank God for the peace that comes from the Holy Ghost. The love that comes from the Holy Ghost. The joy that comes from the Holy Ghost. I wouldn't trade it for anything. You can take this whole world, but give me Jesus. My God. My God. My God. Hallelujah. When the Apostle Paul finished his writings about, I remember what it was like to want to do good, but evil was present with me. He said, I remember what it was like to, to not allow this and not allow that and then fall headlong into it. Finally, he came to a culminating question and said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body? It's the natural body. It's the appetite of this natural body. It's the cravings of this natural body that's the problem. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? From the body of this death. This body craves dead things. That's why people will smoke it. That's why people will shoot it into their veins. That's why they'll drink it. They crave dead things because this body is dead and dying. Oh, wretched man, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Verse 25 of Romans 7. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. He's saying my flesh is, is, is dealing with this matter of sin, but my mind is concentrated on the things of the Lord. There is, in verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh because my body he's saying my body wants to do the things that are wrong but I'm focused on the things of the spirit so I don't walk after the things of the flesh I walk after the spirit hallelujah there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free. Woo. Free. Free. I'm free. I'm free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. The law could not do it in that it was weak through the flesh. What that means is... The list of don't do this and do that. It could not do a work in my life because every time it tried, it was weak. Because I'm weak. My flesh is weak. 
So I would take, oh yeah, okay, I've got these Ten Commandments. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, thou shalt not kill. Okay, I won't kill anybody, but I hate their guts. Well, there you go. He's like, okay, well then that misses the point entirely. It's weak through the flesh. Hallelujah. What the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Do you hear what God did? Sent forth his own son. That's God becoming a man. Sent forth his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. God took upon my kind of flesh and condemned sin in the flesh. He didn't condemn sin outside the flesh. He condemned sin in the flesh. He was tempted in all points as we are tempted. And yet he was without sin. He condemned sin, hallelujah, in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You say, well, how do I know if I'm walking in the spirit? Here it is, verse number five. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. And they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. What do you mind? That means two things. It means what do you mentally dwell on? What you mentally dwell on determines whether you are going to walk after the flesh or after the spirit. But it doesn't just mean that. It also means what your, mom, what your mom told you it meant. You better mind me. That means you better obey me. Those that obey the things of the flesh, they're after the flesh. Those that obey the things of the spirit, they're after the spirit. See, you can obey your way to victory. When you don't feel like it, you can obey your way to victory. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I didn't mean to do marriage counseling, but there it is right there. For to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Turn it off. Whatever you've got turned on. That's spewing all that counsel of the ungodly into your home. Turn it off. Whatever you've got that you're tuned into. Tell you, people can drag things into their home that, that promulgate an ungodly spirit into their home. And they don't even know because they just, they're not paying attention. But you're allowing that ungodliness to come into your home. Listen, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So then they that are, af that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Hallelujah. I need the Holy Ghost. You, you don't want to know me without the Holy Ghost. You wouldn't want to know me without the Holy Ghost. I'm no good. There's no good thing in this flesh. My only hope is the Holy Ghost. My only hope is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you ever see anything arrogant, ignorant, or just, or just downright proud or hateful come out of me, that's not Jesus. That's Joel. But if you ever see any good thing come from me, that's not Joel. That's Jesus. There's no good thing in my flesh. But oh, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I thank God for the blood. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I thank God that I can find a prayer closet and I can get right with God and I can talk to God and he can refresh my spirit and I can stir up the gift that is inside of me and I can walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh and I can overcome adversity. Hallelujah. And I can live triumphantly. Hallelujah. Come on, if you could stand with me and... And just clap your hands unto the Lord, for he is good. If you believe what I'm teaching tonight, could you give God the praise? Thank you, Jesus. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you Luke chapter, or pardon me, Romans chapter 8. Verses 26 and 27. Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When you pray in the Holy Ghost. When you pray in tongues. The Holy Ghost is praying prayers that you didn't even know you needed to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he helps your infirmities. That means your weaknesses. That's physical. That's spiritual. That's emotional. Hallelujah. He helps your infirmities. And when we don't know how we should pray, the Spirit will pray our prayers for us. Verse 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That means, that means while you're praying unto God, God is searching your heart. And you may not even know what to pray. God is searching your heart, knowing your heart. And he is, and he is giving unto you according to the will of God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I wouldn't want to live this life without the infilling or the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. And if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to wait another day. You can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost right now. You can receive the Holy Ghost on a Wednesday night in October. Hallelujah. God can baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Thank you, Jesus. God can baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, I want you to know what the Lord showed me about 2021. 2021 is a year of unprecedented revival. If you believe it, receive it in Jesus' name. 2021 is a year of unprecedented revival. I believe we're going to see people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost all over this city in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. People are searching. People are seeking. People are hungry for the Holy Ghost. My God, I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. How many remember when he first baptized you with the Holy Ghost? How many remember what he brought you out of? How many remember? And you don't want to go back. You want to go forward in Jesus. Woo. My, 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 my. 
Remember when you didn't think you could make it? Remember when you thought you couldn't live the life like other people live the life? And I know you aren't perfect and I'm not perfect, but here we stand washed in the blood of the Lamb, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We better tell everybody we know He's real, He's real, His power's real, His love is real. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. God didn't fill you with the Holy Ghost and it was just a one-time experience and, and that was the only difference. He filled you with the Holy Ghost. You've got him living on the inside of you and he's giving you love and power to do. Hallelujah, what he's called you to do. Somebody lift your hands right now and give him praise for it. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we praise you. 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 Hallelujah, we praise you, O oh Lord. We thank you, O oh Lord. We give you glory and honor, O oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, he's going to give you power to run in this race. He's going to give you power to run in this race. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost directing me right now. I want somebody that has been in a long-standing trial of life. I want you to come right now. You've been in a long-standing trial of life. I want you to come right now. You've needed God to move on your behalf for a long time on a certain, certain something. And I don't know what it is, but you do. And you've given it to him. You've asked him for help. You've called unto him. It's been going on for a long time. I want you to come right now. The Holy Ghost wants to minister to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's going to confirm to you that you are not alone, that he is with you, he is for you. Hallelujah, he's going to raise up a standard against the enemy. He's going to give you new strength. He's going to give you new power in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we're going to sing unto the Lord. And while we're singing unto the Lord, I want you to give all of this to God right now. It's been going on a long time. Here's what the Lord wants me to tell you right now. He has seen your struggle, and he has seen your heart. He knows your heart, and he knows that you want to be faithful unto him. And he knows that you feel defeated in this particular situation. But he has come to confirm his presence with you. And his power within you. And he's going to give you a victory right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on right now in the name of Jesus. God has seen your struggle. And he has seen your heart. And he's going to give you the victory. Because he knows your heart. I'll provide the sacrifice. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You Come on, that's it. Pour it out to him right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. I will open up inside. Fill me up. Fill me up, God. Fill 